As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to the latest Head of the Pack. I'm Matt Shinami here with Bill Huber. I'm coming to you from Baltimore. Bills back in Wisconsin. Packers 31, Ravens 30. They made it a lot more interesting than it needed to be there at the end. And I guess that's what they just enjoy doing now. They did that, you know, against the Bears early, against the Rams late. Close game against the Vikings. My biggest takeaway, and then then I'll give it to you, was that this is an offense that can win them any game. The offense I saw um, from weeks, I don't know, 4 to 10, was not an offense that could win any game. The Packers never scored above 30 in those seven games, I believe. The defense never allowed more than 22. But I asked Aaron Rodgers after the game, is this more like what you you think of when you think of an offense that can win you guys any game, no matter how the defense and special teams are playing? And he said, yeah, I really do. Whether that's sustainable, we'll see, because it hasn't been in the last two NFC Championship games. Is it going to be this year? I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to take the opposite way, Matt. What happened to this defense that was so good week after week after week? It, it's, you know, the Vikings, Vikings beat up on them, you know, about a month ago, and it, they just haven't quite recovered. Um, maybe maybe if Jair gets back and maybe Zadarius Smith can rush the passer on third down, maybe maybe they can get it right. But it seems like if these guys can't get takeaways, and namely two or three, it's a real struggle for him. I mean, my goodness, you know, Tyler Hundley. <laughs> who the hell is Tyler Hundley, Matt? But he, he looked like Lamar Jackson 2.0 out there. Um, they couldn't stop Mark Andrews. Darnell Savage was beaten like a drum over and over in the first half. But as has been the case, kind of like at Arizona, where they played good defense for a bit and then crumbled late. They made one play at the end of the game to win the game. But is this a sustainable thing going up against Dak Prescott? A, repens- a, a rematch against Stafford? Obviously, Tom Brady's lingering out there down the road, too. We'll see. Um, but it I, I don't want to call it a fluke, but that defense that we saw that finished that Seahawks shutout, I believe third in the league in points allowed per game, has now allowed 34, 28, 30, and 30 in the last four games. Luckily for them, the offense has scored 31, 36, well, 30 technically because of the Rasul Douglas pick six and then 39 because of another Douglas pick six. Um, 
and then 31 today. But Aaron Rodgers is playing at an MVP level, and he touched on after the game today, you know, in the huddle right before the final kneel down, he said, savor this, fellas. Like, this is our third straight NFC North title. Obviously, we have bigger bigger things in mind, but we got to savor this and appreciate it. And I think he's in a good headspace now, and, and that message came across, and he seemed real happy on the Zoom, which ha- hasn't always been the case over the last couple months. But um, I think he's pleased with where this team is at, but he would also like uh, to get some more help from defense like they were giving him in the middle of the season. Special teams, you just can't count on them. That, that's, a, that's a mess. So I think the defense has to pick it up to make him feel a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, I, I think Rodgers telling people, um, telling his teammates to save it, probably needs to go to the fans out there too who who are, who are looking at the Ravens lineup with all, without Lamar Jackson. They didn't have, by the end of the game, they didn't have any of their five starting defensive backs. They were without a couple more DBs, backups, for whether it was injuries or COVID. I mean, they're down, what, seven of their top eight or nine guys. No Jackson, no Clayus Campbell. It should be a Packers cakewalk, you'd think. So I, I think Rodgers' message probably should go to, the, to our listeners too where, it's a win. Be happy with it. Maybe it lacks style points. Maybe they miss chances to put things away earlier in the game. But a win is a win, and there's a lot of respect for that Ravens club from Lafleur and Rodgers and those guys. There, there really was. And look, I, I, I know you know the betting odds. I think BetMGM heading into this week had Tom Brady as minus one fifty to win MVP, and Rodgers at plus five hundred. No one else was better than plus one thousand. Well, Rodgers just put up twenty three for thirty one. 286 yards, 268 yards, and three touchdowns with no interceptions. In his last four games, he has 1,301 passing yards, 13 touchdowns, no interceptions. That's more than 325 passing yards, more than three touchdowns per game. Tom Brady, and this is kind of what happened with Patrick Mahomes last year, 6 nothing Saints midway through the third quarter right now as we record this. Now, granted, he could throw three touchdowns since then, but... We don't have the pleasure of waiting to do the podcast until Sunday Night Football. And so I could see a world in which Rodgers wins his fourth MVP this year if he finishes strong. And he would only be uh, the second player in history to win that many behind Peyton Manning's five. Interesting. I, if if if, uh, if the Colts keep winning and Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor keeps doing what he's doing, does he shoot into that mix quickly and big time? It's, it's certainly Again, possible. I, I go back to what we said last week. With Rodgers and the COVID stuff, how many writers will hold that against him? I don't. Maybe maybe nobody will, or maybe at the end of the day, it'll be Rodgers. The credentials will be just so overwhelming in his in his favor that people are just going to vote for him regardless. I, I'm. We'll see here in a month how that shakes out, but it's it's hard to say. It's hard to say he doesn't deserve it. My goodness, he's he didn't have four fifths of his line. Matt doesn't have he doesn't have Tony. He doesn't have Cobb. And. They're just keep winning football games and scoring a lot of points. Yep, and I think Jonathan Taylor and Tom Brady certainly have valid cases, but certainly have valid cases. But you also got to look at what happened when Rodgers didn't play against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. To I think that adds to his case. He beat the Cardinals without his top three receivers. Now I know there's you know scenarios like that for every team in the league, but he's been really impressive. Kind of similar to last season where he comes on strong and and won it last year. Obviously, that doesn't matter to him as much as getting to and winning uh, his second Super Bowl, which I think they still can do. I think it's down to the Packers and Buccaneers. I want to get your thought on on who you think the real deal is besides the Packers in the NFC 
because the the Cardinals lose to the Lions today. Oh my God! I think the Packers and Buccaneers are the top two, with the Packers uh, a one A to the Buccaneers one B. I think the Cowboys and Rams are right there behind them, and then the Cardinals are in that third tier as the fifth best team in the conference. Is that the biggest? That has to be the biggest upset of the season, right? Arizona. I mean, not, oh, definitely. Not that Arizona lost, but they got hammered. Yeah, hammered. That's unbelievable. I would still put Tampa 1A because that defense is really, really good. And at the end of the day, it's still Tom Brady and until Tom Brady loses a big game, whether it's next month or when he's 55 years old. Whenever that happens, I'm just going to keep assuming the Buccaneers are going to keep winning. So I, I will say Tampa. I will give Tampa the advantage, a slight one. I'd go Tampa, Green Bay, Dallas. Again, they play the Giants today, so who the hell knows, but that defense is legit good. And they can run the ball, and I think if they need to score a bunch of points, Prescott can get that done. But I will say Green Bay and Tampa are by a fairly considerable margin over everybody else. Do you think Mike McCarthy can come into Green Bay and win a game? Or would that be too wild of a storyline to happen in the playoffs? That'd be something. Uh, how, how, what is McCarthy doing there? And I'm not being a prick to McCarthy. I Honestly, I have no idea what he does. Because he's not the offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. He's not the defensive coordinator. He's just uh, smashes watermelon. I surely, I don't, I don't know what he does. And uh, again, I, maybe maybe he does something. Yep. <laughs> so if they win, it'd be in spite of him. Let's talk special teams, Bill. Do we have to? Some, something different. Yeah, we should. We'll keep it short. Something different every time. <laughs> they used four different kick returners today. Um, they had Amari Rogers' thirty-five-yard kick return wiped out by uh, Isaiah McDuffie holding. They had a 40-yard punt to let the Ravens start inside Green Bay territory. The PAT and field goal operation seems to be smoothed out. Granted, Crosby hasn't had any anything too difficult the last couple weeks. Um, the punt coverage and kick coverage was good tonight. Obviously, compared to last week, anything would have been better. <laughs> but um, I, I still think there's, there's stuff to clean up. Like you see uh, the pop-up kick. That outside linebacker, Jonathan Garvin, kind of bumbles around. Then Patrick Taylor tries picking it up, and it doesn't go well. Like, the Packers have to get this figured out. And listen, I can guarantee you T. Martin, the Ravens wide receivers coach and Amari Rogers' dad, has seen his son play all season, and he's telling Justin Tucker, kick it to him. He's my son, but kick it to him. Yeah, you missed the uh, the opening <clears throat> punt where Yadam just ran over. Yes, that's the one I was thinking of. His fair catch. My goodness. I mean, I don't know. That's just that's just tunnel vision. You can't play, especially I don't think special teams, you, you can't play with tunnel vision. That was brutal. DeVerna had a 37-yard, 34-yard kickoff return in which he broke like four tackles. Yep. But I would say, yeah, I, I would agree that the coverage is better because, it could, you know, as my dad would have said, it was so far down last week they had to reach up to touch bottom. But you had Chan and Sullivan returning punts. All the guys on kickoff returned. Hey, and A.J. Dillon recovered the onside kick. Yeah, that was better than last week when MVS muffed it. Yeah, they are a, they are a hot mess. And I guess if you're looking for several outings, they are making kicks. And like you said, they are, they are short. But maybe that builds yeah. the confidence that those guys need that when the game is on the line that they've got. Whether you made 12, 13 row, whatever it is, that they've, they've, got a, they've got a bit of a run of success here to feel good about. 
Speaking of MVS, I thought he played one of his better games of the season today. A couple mm-hmm. really uh, tough catches. You know, that slant on the touchdown, that's a, a good hands catch. The ball down the middle that Rodgers somehow fit in for 22 yards on the first play of the two-minute drive, that was a great catch, even though it might have been a little bit better of a throw. Um, that was important because Rodgers mentioned after the game that Devontae was seeing, you know, double coverage pre-snap, and the Ravens were giving Devontae some looks that Rodgers has never seen. So that kind of threw the Packers for a loop. Devontae only had six catches for 44 yards and a three-yard touchdown on the out route that never fails between the two of them. But MVS, five catches for 98 yards and a touchdown. Really important that he stepped up today. None of it was really uh, too deep, like no bombs. There was that 31-yard touch pass that Rodgers kind of underthrew him on. He praised MVS for kind of coming back on that and catching it. But I thought he had a really strong game today uh, and a much-needed one. Rodgers completed passes to eight different receivers today. Only one game this year has featured Rodgers' complete passes to more more players, and that was nine against the Seahawks in Week 10. Can you imagine being Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams at the line of scrimmage at the three-yard line and seeing a practice squad cornerback lined up <laughs> over there? My God. Barbecue chicken. <laughs> it's like, they must be like rubbing their eyes. Is that? <laughs> yeah. But you're right, and, and Rodgers is right, because without Tunyon, and who knows if Cobb's going to come back? You know, it's a core muscle injury. Who knows? I mean, he was running a practice this week, we saw, but, you know, who the heck knows? This might be their guys, Matt. They might be a three-man receiver core. Mm-hmm. And getting whatever you can from Jones and, and Dylan breaking tackles and Mercedes Lewis tossing guys aside like it's technical, but... Honestly, like... But really, no. it might be that might be their guys, and they, they, they need MBS for sure because... I would assume teams are just going to focus on taking away 17 as best they can. Yep, nobody's going to guard Mercedes Lewis, especially on some of that play action. And in each of his last two games, he's had more receiving yards than he did the entire 2018 season. That's one of my favorite stories with this team is how after that season, he had three catches for 38 yards. He's driving to the airport. Goody calls him. I know we've told this story thousands of times before, but kind of sells Mercedes on, you're going to have a bigger role in the offense. Please come back. And he's still here. And I asked Mercedes what that kind of meant to him, that those words have, have rung true these last couple of years. And he said it means a lot because a lot of times you're lied to in this league, and he's used to that, is what he said. But not here, and he's carved out a really important role. He was their third-leading receiver today. And don't disrespect Tyler Davis's 22-yard catch down the scene. That Lewis play where he broke, like, two tackles, I, I would say it was an amazing play, but he every game, Matt, he gets a catch in where he just tosses guys aside. Mm-hmm. He's... I wonder how long that guy can play because he's ageless. Yeah. I mean, he's not the guy he was at Jacksonville where he had, you know, 11 touchdowns one year or whatever it was. But if you're going to, if you're going to go out there thinking that they're going to run the ball because he's on the field, he's going to burn you a couple times a game. What'd you think of the defense today? Obviously uh, they didn't have Kenny Clark. The Ravens ran 26 times for 143 yards and two touchdowns, five and a half yards of carry. 13 of those times for 73 yards, and those two touchdowns were Tyler Huntley. A um, couple design runs, but a lot of times the Packers just weren't containing the edge very well. Um, and, and Huntley got outside, and they kept a couple mobile quarterbacks in the pocket in Kyler Murray and Justin Fields and Russell Wilson and Mahomes over this last month plus. But Huntley, like you said, looked like – Lamar Jackson today, he, he was their best player. I mean, well, maybe Mark Andrews, but 
28 for 40, 215, and two touchdowns, 13 carries, 73 yards, and another two touchdowns. And Adrian Amos said, if you don't come in prepared, I'm paraphrasing here, if you don't come in prepared, backups will whoop your ass. And that is what he did to the Packers' defense today. They are lucky uh, that I don't know if it was Savage or Stokes who got a hand on that two-point conversion, but they're lucky the Packers came up with a stop there because that would have been an epic collapse and, and a wild way to lose that game. Yeah, they both did. Savage got a couple of finger on it, and then Stokes finished the job. Packers entered this game giving up the most rushing yards and the biggest rushing average to quarterbacks this year. So it is a big problem. Now, it's not they're not going to get burned by it here down the stretch. It's Baker Mayfield, Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff. Those guys aren't going to beat them, but it, it, it is an issue. Mark Andrews is wide open. You know, I, I, told, I asked Joe Barry this week about the Ravens' speed. Because I got a whole bunch of guys who run 4-3 and 4-4. And Joe Barry said, that's nothing. We've faced guys like that all year long. And I'm thinking, really? Because you haven't. And it seemed like, especially the first half, they just lined up a mile off of those guys. It was easy pitch and catch because they were. it's like those guys were so afraid. Right. Maybe rightfully so. I'm getting beat deep by Marquise Brown, who's one of the fastest guys in the league. DuVernay's a 4-3 guy. Um Bateman's low four fours. It looked like they were terrified of those guys to start with, and it made some easy completions to really get Huntley going. Well, I remember a couple weeks ago, Jerry Gray told, or it might have been a couple months ago at some point this season, Jerry Gray told us, like, if we're playing off coverage or soft or soft zone, you know, we'll take those five-yard completions down the field over a deep shot every day. But guess what? What happens when the Ravens are just marching down the field in no time with five, seven, eight, five, seven, eight, like they did in the fourth quarter. Do you change it up? Do you hope that your offense can seal out a win? I thought that prevent defense of keeping everything in in front needed to be adjusted there late in the fourth quarter. The Packers got to win, and that's all that matters, yes. But there were some uh, a lack of adjustments from Joe Barry tonight, whether it's finding a way to get Savage off of Mark Andrews or playing a little closer and not necessarily keeping everything in front and basically conceding five and six yard passes down the whole field, the whole fourth quarter. I'm looking forward to seeing the, the pro football focus stats on Eric Stokes. Um, I thought he played well. He was on Brown for most of that all the game. Brown had 10 catches for 43 yards. Yeah. A long of seven. I thought Stokes is great. That You figure at some point you're going to get one of those short completions and you're just going to miss on a tackle because you know what? These guys are human. You're going to miss a tackle. And he got the guy down every single time. I thought he played a hell of a game. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and he tackled really well today, too, I thought. None of, none of those short gains. There, were, there were, was not a lot, of, a lot of yards after catch tonight, which I thought was impressive. All right, let's get to I some. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, go ahead. Andrews had a 43-yarder. All the other completions, there was, there was be 18 other completions to Ravens players that weren't to Andrews. The longest game was eight yards. Yeah. And they still scored 30 points. So. And they still scored 30 points because they were combined third and fourth down there, combined nine out of 15. So they just kept kept moving the change three and four yards at a time. But that's what that Brandon... Right, it's usually a winning formula. It almost was not today. That's what the Brandon Staley-Joe Barry defense is, keeping everything in front and right. trying to bait the other team into taking deep shots and making a mistake. I thought it was really impressive how patient Huntley stayed tonight. Can that be replicated by other teams? Um, probably. Probably, but... Man, like Jerry Gray said, though, it is human nature at some point yeah. to go take a shot or, or take a risk or you get flagged for holding. Um, we'll see. They, they, they do play 
Not that Mayfield, Cousins, and Goff are the world's greatest quarterbacks, but they are guys who have been around the block. Yep. All right, let's get to a couple questions before we get out of here. Chris Weiss, a lot of edge guys dipping inside and letting Huntley have the edge to escape. Mm -hmm. Did they think he couldn't get to the edge, or was that lack of discipline by rushers? I would say it's lack of discipline. You know, going back to the not making the in-game adjustments, I'd have to watch the tape back, but too many times, at least from the naked eye, Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary were nowhere near Huntley on the edge. Like, normally one of those guys is in close pursuit, but... Huntley had all day to run on the edge today, and then Devondre Campbell or a safety or a corner had to come in, and by that time, Huntley already has six, seven yards. Yeah, Fox had a really good replay on that last drive that they had. Actually, the first first play of the last drive where Huntley ran for 15, Preston Smith just takes an inside move on the left tackle and just leaves the gate wide open for Huntley to to go run. I I thought Gary was better than Smith, but... it's, you know, Gary would go try to close in for the sack, which, I mean, you got to do it at some point, and you juke him and get him around him. So I thought Gary was okay, but yeah, Preston, I thought, was uh, a little greedy at times, probably. Were you, were you in Matt LaFleur's presser? Yes. Okay, what did he say about someone's asking any injuries besides Amari and Malik Taylor got out of that one pretty clean, um, which they did. Did Matt LaFleur say, I haven't had a chance to listen back since I was on Rodgers, did he say that they use multiple kick returners because there were injuries to those guys? Yes. Okay. Amari Rodgers got dinged up and returned. Um, Malik Taylor got injured, I assume, on that kickoff return where he, he took a pretty wicked shot there. Yeah. He went out there, too. So, yes, it was an injury-related thing. From at Packing It Up Pod, fellow Packers podcast, there you go. Can people stop talking about special teams? No one is getting fired this late in the year. Players need to make plays. Yeah, no one's going to get fired, but something has to change. And, you know, one thing I did notice tonight, Mo Drayton talked this week about all hands on deck. They had Alan Lazard, Rasul Douglas, and Kevin King all playing special teams. That's a veteran presence that we haven't really seen consistently this season. Uh, Kevin King made a team's tackle. Uh, Rasul Douglas did as well. I think they're going to have to go for that the rest of the season and just pray Douglas and Lazard don't get hurt because you can't be giving up 30 yards of return like they might if uh, if those vets aren't on teams. Yeah, the first kickoff, the opening kickoff, Douglas is down there and made the tackle at the 23, I want to say. You know what? One thing I thought was interesting from Drayton about the veterans is there's going to be a learning curve for those guys too. Mm-hmm. It's not just as easy as Drayton put of kicking the ball and running down on a straight line and making a tackle. There's more to it than that. So, again, all we have is hope. That's all I ever, all I ever, all I ever talk about on this thing. Is All you can hope for is the two or three veterans they stick in each phase will grow into the role and it'll become a strength down a stretch once those guys really get into it. But who knows? Yep. I'm looking through these questions. There are a lot about special teams, and I don't want to get too repetitive <laughs> for you guys. Um, who do you think comes back from injuries next week from Ethan Yonk or Yonke? Y-O-N-K-E. I apologize if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. Um, that's a good question. It's tough to to pinpoint it because the Packers have been so vague. David Bakhtiari obviously returned to practice. That's a good sign, but I don't know if they're going to bring him back yet. Jair Alexander, they still have until the next Wednesday, not this coming Wednesday, but next Wednesday to activate him off IR. Josh Myers started rehabbing at practice. Um, Zedarius Smith, I did not see him. I don't know what his deal is. He tweeted or uh, Instagrammed a couple weeks ago that it's go time again. After the bye week, I believe it was. 
don't know what his status is. So a lot of vague, vague statements about these players coming back. But um, if Kenny Clark comes back from COVID and the Packers can get, you know, Bakhtiari and Alexander back at the very least, that would be a huge boost. Yes, it would solve some of their problems. Yeah, I don't know either because we don't get to see any of the competitive periods. So we, we have no idea what J.R. Alexander has done for two weeks. Right. Is he taking individual roles or is he actually going out there and taking some team reps? Did some press man on some guys just to test that shoulder. We have no idea and goodness knows no one's going to tell us. Um, I, I, I think they, they've got to play the last game, right? They've got to play against Detroit. Because then because you, you don't want to have David Bakhtiari's season debut be a divisional playoff game, do you? Don't those guys have to play one game, you'd think? They kick off some of the rust, and then they have a bye, maybe have a playoff bye to to get them rusted and what over the rest of it, whatever. There's something bothering them, but I think they got to play one. Yep. From Matt Tollefson, what is going on with Savage? He'll get credit for the two-point conversion, but he was out of position on multiple completions. An effort looked poor. He hasn't taken the jump this year many expected. He was a step behind a, t- a bigger, slower tight end, and that's concerning. And um, not only that, but he was bullied a couple times. On the first touchdown catch, he was complaining for a push-off. There was no push-off. On the second touchdown catch to Mark Andrews, Savage was there. He just got boxed out and, and bullied, like I said, uh, on that jump ball. Concerning game for him. Obviously good to bounce back with a two-point conversion stop. His only really good play of the night when it mattered most, but that's definitely... Uh, definitely concerning his performance today. And he yeah, had the I think penalty. He had a third he... down stop against Andrews in the third quarter, I want to say. Yeah, a, a, a rough day. And he, he has not taken the next step. I, w- I will say, though, Mark Andrews is a pretty good football player. Yes, he and is. He's eaten up a lot of guys. I mean, he caught, I think he caught all the 11 passes last week from Huntley. So, um, like maybe, maybe you tip your hat to him. But I, yeah, I would agree with his, with his larger point there for sure. Yep. All right, a couple more from Leon. Question from Brazil. Thanks for listening. Is Lazard playing too much soccer? I mean, he's using his feet better than his hands. Dropped a ton of passes today aside of that good game. Well, um, he has been important in the slot a couple times the last couple weeks with Randall Cobb out. That one drop he had, he was bailed out by a phantom DPI call. I thought he he should have reeled that one in on the last uh, would-be touchdown from Rodgers in the back right corner of the end zone. And this isn't the first time he's had trouble with his hands. So, I would say something to monitor. It's not not too promising in that department. Yeah, that was a tough one, man. I don't know. Yeah, what, what I, I probably wouldn't have given him a drop on either of those that bounced off his hands, or those that have been really good catches. He was really good last week. So, yeah, that one drop though on the Phantom Pi, yeesh, not good. Yep. From at Nick or at XX Think Positive, what's your go-to stadium food while working the games? Well, we're subject to whatever. Uh, the team puts out. Today it was hot dog, chicken parm, meatballs, salad. Uh, good spread here in Baltimore and the best press box view in the NFL, I think. Um, I just eat whatever whatever is there. I don't have a choice. Yeah, there's no choice. I mean, the, the um, Soldier Field food is so bad that I had to go down to concessions. But other than that, it's not terrible. I love Lambeau Field's lemon bars. When those lemon bars come out, Ooh, I haven't seen that. Not those. good. Not good for your health? <laughs> no, not good for my health. At least I'm, <laughs> I'm sugared up, though, for a while. That's a good thing. From at GBD Man, what is said in the huddle before you kneel the ball out? Yep. Um, as we mentioned, Rogers basically said, according to him, he, 
he was proud of them, got to savor this, proud of how we fought back, um, kind of responded to those two early scoring drives that the Ravens had when the Packers found themselves down seven points after each one. But he basically said, listen, we have bigger sights, but you got to savor this. He used the word savor a couple times. And, you know, he said, I love my teammates. I'm paraphrasing here. I love my teammates. I really do, especially like the redemption stories. He mentioned Dennis Kelly basically starting every game for the Titans last year and not playing until last week on offense. He was really proud of him. And there are a bunch of guys like that, which is what makes covering this team a lot of fun. Yeah, he's really good. He, you can tell he's starting to feel it, isn't he? Rodgers? Yeah, he's starting to feel that these guys are damn good and everything's... Yep. I mean, there, there's been seasons past where he would say it, but you didn't... Yeah, I don't know if he really... I mean, Yuki, Yuki is... He's buying. He's drinking the Kool-Aid on these guys. Yeah, I think he is, and you can tell it in his tone of voice. Last one. Let's see. I'm combing through one so we don't repeat... Can everyone calm down about the defense? Huntley's talented, but his day probably looks different with Kenny Clark pressure up the middle. I would hope so. I would certainly hope so, but like we mentioned, a lot of those runs were on the outside, and even if Kenny Clark gets pressure, that forces Huntley outside just like he went outside today. So I think it's more about setting the edge with the edge rushers than getting Kenny Clark back. Yeah, I don't want to hear about injuries. Everyone's no interest. The Ravens were without yeah. their starting left guard. Um, they were without what, their, their top three running backs, their entire secondary um, they lost their right tackle either second quarter or third quarter. Um, there's a great website, Man Games Lost, which charts injuries and the impact of injuries based on the talent of guys. And the Ravens are the most injured team in football. So um, saving the Kenny Clark excuses. Packers need to play better. I don't care who's out there. I agree. Yes, the Packers are, are without a lot of players, but the Ravens were without Calais Campbell. They lost Tyree Phillips and Tavon Young. They were without their top five DBs, Lamar Jackson. They lost J.K. Dobbins earlier in the season. I mean, this is a team, and they were without Sammy Watkins. Enough of that. You got to win with with who you got. There teams deal with injuries all over the NFL and COVID. Um, Packers luckily haven't been impacted by that yet. But yeah, save those injury excuses. Packers just got to win games. So that's it for today's episode. For Bill, I'm Matt. We will catch you on a special. Christmas Day episode next week. Packers. Merry Christmas, everybody. Browns from Lambeau Field. Can't wait for that one. See you there. <laughs>